There's no better way to pay tribute to Valentine's Day than talking about stuff like divorces. Oh. Upsize your life, upsize your people, upsize your house. If for nothing else that keeps the real estate market alive, it's going to be the death of marriages. You only get one chance to make a first impression. Mm -hmm. We talk about that a lot on this podcast. I'm gonna tell you right now, it's a turn for buyers agents and you lose that initial pop. Have some self-respect. All of us realtors are supposed to like respect each other and code of ethics and all this. I don't give a shit. Hire a photographer and get the right thing done. I don't wanna be talking about looking at systems if we're talking about a comparison apples That's apples very true. and for all those uh, single people out there hanging there I can't help you in the dating world but I can certainly help you in the real estate world welcome back to millennia the no BS real estate solutions for Millennials entertaining you while facing real-life issues and giving you the tools resources and know-how to keep you moving up towards your housing goals we're your hosts Janineski and Seth Lejeune coming out of the greater Philadelphia area and we are millennia Welcome back to Millennia. Welcome back. We are on part two of how real estate and dating are basically the same thing. And no better day to end this part two series than on Valentine's this Day. This is Valentine's Day. Yeah. And I had to honor Valentine's Day by wearing the necklace that my favorite Valentine was very adamant on getting me for Christmas. Jackson got this for me. Oh, uh, so Jackson, nice. Yeah. I had to wear it to honor him for Valentine's Day. That's good. What we talked about last time, if you didn't listen to it... You should, because it lays some pretty serious groundwork of what sells a house and yourself. And that's price, condition, location. Go listen to it and then come back and listen to this one. There's no better way to pay tribute to Valentine's Day than talking about stuff like divorces. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like I mentioned in the last episode, this one's going to be about inventory, marketing, and timing. So what's the problem in the current real estate market? There is none. That's it. We can wrap it up. Let's do it. All right. Thank you for joining thank, us in this episode. <laughs> no, inventory has been very hard to come by. When we say inventory, it means it's homes for sale. Since even before COVID, really 2019, things started getting very tight out in the market. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of options out there for people, unfortunately. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I swear. We get forwarded the emails with the portal searches and there's some that I get like one a week. Yeah. One a week. Or yeah. like the ones that come up are like absolute garbage. Yeah. Hot, hot garbage. And there is like, where are the things that I'm actually looking for? Where, where are they at? Well, when are they coming? Uh, there's two reasons for that, at least right now. Not a lot of people are looking to move this time of year or they're just getting their homes ready to sell. You know, the other thing is those portals we set up for our clients, they can be very confining. So whenever we set up, we go a little bit above in price, we go a little further out, and just so we're making sure we don't miss anything. So you mean to say that that could be just like somebody doing their own search. So there's people who are very specific and intentional with what they're looking for. Yes. Because if you choose to be very intentional and selective with what you're looking for as long as you know that it's going to very drastically narrow in the inventory available to you you should expect less options to avail themselves yes yes okay and then also to what you were just going to say is the more that you expand your search a bit what are some things that you can compromise the longer you wait and realize like I'm being pretty dang specific and I'm getting really tired of not having <laughs> practically anybody worth my while. I'm sorry, anything. Anything. <laughs> Any home worth my while. Worth my while. Can you tell where my mind's at and how I feel about it? But the where you're like, oh my God, is this taking forever to have somebody actually worth my time come by? Maybe I should see what I can compromise on. Yeah. Sometimes there are things that you'll be okay if you compromise on them a little bit. Like somebody could be very, very dead set on, I have to have... What's something that somebody is like really specific for? In their flat search? yard. 
have to have a flat yard. I will not get one without having a flat yard or attached versus detached and it's a first time home buyer. Yep. Like I have to have that, no exceptions. But then you realize that there's like nothing out there within your price range and you say, but do I really need that? And then once you kind of like start opening up your options a little more, there's a little bit more to see. Your diamond rough might actually be in there, but you're able to at least see either was this actually a deal breaker? Sometimes you prove yourself right. Yep. And you say, okay, yeah, that was a deal breaker. I'm going to go back to narrowing in on that one. Yep. And that is also perfectly fine. We do that with buyers too, because they'll have a confining thing and then we'll see something outside of their criteria. And we'll say, let's just go and just take a look at and see. And sometimes it's like, yeah, you know what? I could go for this. This is a, this feels good. This feels right. And then other times it's like, you know what? My, my first instinct was right. This ain't no good. Being open to doing that is important. Yeah. So going out to see that if it's not the one it at least teaches you something of what isn't the yeah. one so i mean same with dates you don't know until you actually get out there so it's like the more picky you are and you don't get out there just like buyers you don't get out there you are going on absolutely nothing yeah to compare back to and then that makes when you do find the right one i love when i see you in buyers faces when we've gone out seen a bunch of houses they're entire mood and face shift entirely it's never anything they say i just see it and i go this is different than the other ones that we saw and then after seeing that look and seeing their entire mood shift any other house we see after that that's what i look for i go did did you have that kind of a reaction no then it's not the one yep and that goes so parallel with dating i mean you go out there you get excited about something um maybe you missed out on it but at least you have uh, a level of what you're not willing to settle below or you have a bar that you're willing to not lower you know what to get excited about and once you get that excited again just like buyers how many times do we tell people this is what you need to do to get it and they say "Ooh, i'm not really comfortable with that i don't really want to do that i really really want to get my inspections which always get a home inspection but the, the more and more rejections they get the more they start realizing okay maybe we should start being a little bit more like creative in how we approach this so yeah. for example inspections we want the inspection there is a way around that where you don't have to elect it, but you can do a walkthrough inspection with an inspector and get a verbal. So like the things that you say like, oh, well, I would never, you start kind of saying, you know, maybe I should. Yeah. And it yields really great results. You don't have to be so guarded and so like, I have to do this. I only want to do this. You get out there. You miss out on some opportunities. So you're basically saying that because you have limited options, you should just be open-minded to maybe going outside what you need or what you want. I think that you shouldn't lower your value, but I think that you should at least give yourself the opportunity to go out and see some houses. Or I can't wink very well. Did you know that about me? I have noticed that you can't wink. At and all. I only learned a couple years ago how to wink my left eye. I still look like I'm stroking out when I do uh, it though. Yeah. Well, everyone kind of looks like they're stroking out when they wink. <laughs> um, all right. Back to the topic. But no, I think that you should present yourself at least some opportunities mm -hmm. and some candidates to at least go see so you can learn more about yourself okay. and what is out there. What brings homes to market? What brings inventory out? Well, a few things. Your needs could have changed. What did once work before doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And you need to find something that is now more suitable for the direction in your life that you went towards. So that's what we specialize in upsizing. No. Upsize your life, upsize your people, upsize your house. For first time home buyers, renting no longer works for them. They need to enter that next phase of wealth creation. And obviously, upsizer, you add kids and people grow and they're different. So maybe the house that you had gotten before was in a location that you were okay with 
for that time being, but you knew it wasn't going to be that forever yeah, you get thing. a new job, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, now the other thing it brings mar- uh, homes to market is divorce. Yeah. Which is, you know. It's such a shame, but this is a real thing that happened. I was talking to an agent, so we saw that the house, I was doing my research on this property that our buyers liked, and I saw that it had sold in 2021. Yeah, they were only in there for two years. Right. So it was 2021 that they had purchased, and they're already selling again. So my mind goes to, oh, God, what's wrong with it? So call the agent I'm talking to her, and I was like, I see that they bought it in 2021. Like, how come they're selling it already? Did something, like, happen to the house? And she goes, no, they're actually getting a divorce. And I said, oh, thank God. And I'm like, I am sorry. That sounded insensitive. That's very tough for them. I'm sorry to hear that. I said, but like that was that was what I was hoping for because that means that there's not necessarily anything wrong with it. Just that it didn't work out. Yeah, it wasn't that there was something wrong with the house and they didn't like it anymore. It was the fact that they had something else happening in their life that made it so they couldn't afford to stay there. So, I mean, and in the same notion, again, hate to say it, but one of the best shots at inventory at this rate in my 30s is somebody getting divorced yeah it's such a shame but i mean it shows that you know somebody wanted them but maybe again needs changed or somebody decided to get out of that place in their life and their partner didn't yeah i would also say that a a lot of divorced people when they do go date again they like they know what they want you know Mm -hmm. they've already been through the process and but also i know a lot of uh, people who are divorced they've got no interest in going back out on the market formally either like they just want to kind of lay low um it also in the real estate world there are agents who just deal with divorced people if for nothing else that keeps the real estate market alive it's going to be the death of marriages well there's the must moves like death obviously someone can't live in the house divorce uh, by the way death is not one of the comparisons for this episode no we are not looking to equate that is the one area of real estate we are not going to equate dating to someone gets a job relocation or they lose their job or they have some kind of you know what widows Widows? Yeah, okay, that's uh, that relates. I was thinking in a like much worse sense, but yeah, I need I to get my mind out of that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, okay, okay yeah, it yeah, does. you're right. All right, yeah. so what do we? Go. Sorry, I got really set on that one. No, no, no that's okay. I, I was actually thinking earlier. I don't think we're going to be able to do the estate work as it relates to dating, but yeah, it actually would. Yeah, it does. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah, estates yeah. is what puts things on the market. Like, yeah, shoot. but it's fucked up when someone's in their thirties and they're widowed. Oh, it's terrible. I, I I have a few people I know who've been widowed, and, and it's... It, I do not feel the same up. relief for that as I do divorce. Or someone who's widowed at 75. It's yeah. like a 60 or 35-year-old person passing away unexpectedly. Drug overdose, something like that. Ugh. Sorry, so, that got dark. But Yeah, that got dark, but it's real. It's, it's, it's real estate. There you oh go. My that, oh, my God. I just stole... I can't believe I stole that from you. No, that's like totally something you would come up with. So something I would say. Yeah. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But I don't know. But all these things do impact inventory on both sides of these things. It does. It was a good point to bring up about how divorces do impact inventory because honestly they do. I mean, think for the second somebody tells you they need to go their separate ways and get divorced, one of the main things they need to address is still in the house and Mm -hmm. it is the first call. So that definitely is something that it does put more inventory out in the market. And it does take a licensed professional to help navigate you through it like a realtor or like a therapist i I have dealt with some divorce situations it is very complicated there are a lot of moving parts usually the house is the bottleneck meaning that's the thing that stops that's the big asset that nobody you know if it was a matter of like splitting up a 401k it would be done in over a weekend but but the fact is the house that's also means you're displacing the kids you got to find two other places for the divorced couple to live 
So it's very complicated. Do you sell it before the divorce is finalized or after? One of the uh, spouses can buy out the other person so the other one Mm -hmm. can stay. But a lot of times there's a low interest rate that they'd have to give up. Like there's all kinds of moving parts to it. Out of all of the situations that we help people with, divorce is the one where you need to hire like that independent agent to help you because there's a sequencing. And we'll have a whole conversation Mm -hmm. on podcasts about divorcing on this podcast. But but just in general, when a couple divorce and they file for divorce, it stops all lending in its tracks. And a lot of people don't understand that. So there's a lot that goes into it. I just wanted to make that point. Let's see. That's stuff that people don't like to talk about. No. And, that, like, and, really and they only usually do it once. They're like, they're, people are cagey about it. They don't like talking about it. Mm-mm. And it's tough. But once anybody who did get divorced ended up having no regrets. I, I have very few friends who have been divorced and they're like super like upset. I think the human brain has a way of moving past it. I don't know of anybody who out there uh, who is still commiserating about, you know, the divorce and everything like that. I mean, people just have to find a way to move on. With dating, those people come back on the market. I don't mm-hmm. think that they like get divorced and they're like, you know, updating their, you know, their dating app within the the, you know, the weekend. Lord, I hope not. I was having a conversation with a client and he he recently got divorced and he said, you know, it was great for about six weeks. And then he's like, you want companionship. You don't want to just be talking to your kids all day. You want to have an adult to come home to potentially. That's why a lot of divorcees will have a girlfriend or boyfriend within in a respectable amount of time, but not right away. Right. So long as you've worked on the condition of it and it goes back onto the market in a respectable amount of time where all the groundwork has been laid. Now we get to carry on what you were saying in the first episode about marketing and dating apps. But first I want to get to marketing your house and how critical it is because how many times have I sent you pictures? I'm like, look at these listing pictures. This house is $600,000 and And it is like... It's an iPhone special. It's so bad. It's so bad. And it's such a shame because it could be this beautiful house. And I've told a client before who wanted me to have certain photos edited to an extent that it wasn't true. I think he wanted me to like have the black top, like have the driveway completely black topped and not show any cracks or imperfections in it. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to show your house to its best strengths and to represent it in the best way possible while still staying true to what it actually is and not misrepresenting it yes because well that also happens to be a rule that we have to follow as agents it's not very well enforced so i actually unknowingly misrepresented a house i was supposed to list a house in 2017 i got all the pictures done and this guy he didn't have a lot of ability to update the house so in 2021, I just walked through the house and I was like, okay, everything looks good. It's the middle of the winter. So using outdated pictures? I used outdated pictures. I didn't realize during COVID, he installed a basketball court in his backyard. So I listed the house in from 2017 with this like beautiful yard. And then <laughs> I, 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 I shouldn't even admit it. I didn't even look at the back when I listed the house. I just kind of looked out onto the deck and it was like, it was driving rain that day. And then I started getting calls when I listed it and they're like, Hey, what's that thing in the back? I said, you, you catfished about? your listing. I'm like, yeah. And, I, <laughs> and so here's the thing. Not one person was upset. They're like, I thought we had a yard and I got this monstrosity basketball court in my backyard. Not one agent was upset. They were just like, oh, okay. I just didn't realize that that was there. But I did misrepresent my listing. Well, yeah, I mean, that'll happen. So I, that's such a 
very literal translations of okay, dating well, and using me. like, oh my God, are you kidding? This one can just slap you straight in the face. You're catf- it's like catfishing people. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to use this picture. If I put up a picture from 2017, I was much thinner. I look like semi-similar, but there's some people who do not. Well, the, the one of the big joke in, in real estate is that like yeah. the, the <laughs> 25-year-old agent has like their picture from 2002 uh, on their business card. <laughs> and then you meet them and it, like they don't even look like the same person. It, it, that is literally dating. Do you know the term catfishing? I do know the term catfishing. Okay, yes. cool. You are a little bit further along than I had expected. So. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, so catfishing a listing and catfishing people. That's just so apples to apples. There's misrepresenting it in, you know, making it seem better than it really is. But going back to misrepresenting it and having this beautiful house, it, it's a catch. You would never know it. And mm. people will just swipe right on by. It's part of why I don't like going coming soon in the MLS without pictures. Yes. Because uh. it's like, to your point of dating apps, you could be a total catch, but there's like no pictures. You have no idea what you're looking at. What do you have to go off of? Like you could have a seller's disclosure. You could have a description mm-hmm. and that can start peaking interest. But as far as first impressions go, you got to see what you're working with. Yeah. And and that that is one of my things. Like I went coming soon on a listing recently and I had all the pictures done though. And I yeah. can't stand when I get something hit the portal and we'll just have to wait for pictures. Well, I had my seller say, well, can't we just go coming soon? We were in the middle of a home sale contingency with the house they're purchasing in another state. And we were up against a timeline. The listing agent on their side was fine with working with me and as long as I kept them up to date with the timeline. But they said, like, well, can we just go coming soon? And I was like, we don't have pictures yet. Like, as a buyer's agent, when I see a listing come through, it doesn't have any pictures. I'm like, do not, I just toss it. Just, I mean, just don't do it. it. You only get one chance to make a first impression. Mm-hmm. We talk about that a lot on this podcast. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's a turnoff for buyers. It's a turnoff for buyers agents. And you lose that that initial pop mm-hmm. of, First of somebody marketing. saying, I love that and I have to But it also, it. it also, though, it, it, for me, I, I look at that and I'm like, okay, that's an agent who is organized. Mm-hmm. She's had the wherewithal to get the pictures out ahead of time. It means that property is probably mostly ready and it might just be a timing thing or they're just strategically deciding to go coming soon just to kind of put it out into the ether. But when it's just like an old picture, like an iPhone photo of the front of the house and it's coming soon for like two weeks and it's like pictures coming X date, that that's not going to work. It shows that, you know, I'm not looking for like, oh my God, you're hot or you're not or whatever. It's more like it goes to show that you are organized, that you take pride Mm -hmm. in what you're doing and in yourself. And it shows that, like, this is how I like to represent myself. It says so much more yeah, than just, means, look at me. It means you're, like, organized and put together. Yeah. And the same thing with real estate. I mean, it's all marketing. And just representing appropriately. Because when, like I had said about misrepresenting, making something look better than it actually is, then somebody gets there and they're disappointed. Mm-hmm. That is the worst. That's why yeah, I always I tell know. sellers, I'm like... You want it to highlight its best features and make it shine in its glory and for what it is and not for what it's not. Because if you try to make it into something that it's not, people are going to be coming through so excited, thinking one thing, and then they get there and they're like, oh. Yeah, it's a letdown. It's an over-promise, under-deliver. Yeah, and then that's just so much worse. Whereas if it was still the same house, but they knew what they were walking into, they would then get excited. But again, underselling yourself and like just having terrible iPhone pictures, people in the mirrors of like bathroom pictures. Yeah, no, no, it's true, man. <laughs> Thumbs in there, grainy old pictures, ones that are too small. Eh, pass. 
It yeah, works. and it, it's uh, listen, it might get ex- more a little bit more excited when they get there, it, but if your agent is taking a picture, and I'm talking to you, realtors, if you're taking pictures with your iPhone, stop. I don't like, care what you, kind. I don't care if it's 15 ha- Pro have Max. Some, have some self respect. Spend the hundred and fifty dollars, depending on your market, and and get some pro photos. It's the least that you can do for your client. No matter I'm what sorry, the price there's point. no excuse. If it's a rental, that's different. But if you're selling retail a home for sale where you're getting a commission, like you're not taking pro photos, like I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't have a whole lot of respect for that person. All of us realtors are supposed to like respect each other and code of ethics and all this. I don't give a shit. Hire a photographer and get the right thing done. You know what? I will. Okay. And then I'll well, get and then I'll get that then I'll get that listing. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, iPhone's got a great camera, guys. So and so to sum it up, <laughs> represent yourself appropriately. Yes. And bring out the best qualities and highlight what makes it special. And then also, something I want to touch on is FISBOs. FISBOs? So what is FISBO? FISBO is a for sale by owner. For anybody who thinks that you can sell your house yourself and that you don't need an agent to do it because you can literally just slap a house up on Zillow and it'll sell itself. Oh my God. Bless you. Bless you. There was this house on my way to Jackson's daycare last year that was a great house. It was for sale by owner. For sale by owner, it's you're not hitting every site imaginable to get the most exposure. You're not getting the eyes on it for the people who want it because it's not in the MLS and it's not getting pushed to the people who are looking in that price range and looking for that exact style. You are limiting entirely the amount of people who are going to even see it by thinking you can just do that yourself. And so how does that equate to the dating world? Hmm, I don't want to say how it equates to the dating world because I hate it. It's putting yourself out there in general. It's the equivalent of going on dating apps, getting yourself in front of people. Are you talking about like going out to bars and stuff? I didn't say bars are set out. Maybe you just go for coffee. Maybe for you're coffee in or whatever. Social, social settings, hanging out with people. <laughs> Chess um, clubs, you know, those types of things. <laughs> hey, if that's what you're into, that would be a great place into, to find and somebody. You, you find somebody and your values align, great. My dad always told me he wanted me to find somebody at a grocery store. Because you can find out a lot about somebody at a grocery store. Like what they eat? If they take care of their themselves. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Never heard of that. Yeah. I use Instacart, so. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. So you just basically have to meet the guy <laughs> delivering. It's a lot less. A lot, lot less of a pool. I've been single for a better part of more than six years. Yeah, it's, it's, well, we might need to do, unpack I've your been strategies a, a bit. But yeah, so the purpose of FISBO, though, is like with this house I'm talking about, it could be a really great property with nothing wrong with it, but nobody knows it's there. So also, if you think you can sell your house yourself, that's nice, but let a professional do it and it'll sell a lot faster. I have this conversation all the time and yes, a house will sell quickly, but the different, the, the, the point from when you list it to when it actually goes under contract all the way to settlement, there's a whole bunch of stuff that you can represent yourself in court. But, but should you, you should not usually do that unless it's a small claims court or something like that. But there is a whole lot that goes into buying and selling real estate. I went through a a phone battery and a half on Sunday. I was on the phone all day talking to people, optimizing offers, answering questions, answering questions safely too, not giving away the store, but also disclosing, uh, keeping uh, the seller out of hot water. She said, I want to be totally and utterly done with this property when 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 it's all said and done. Like, I don't want any loose ends i want to put this property completely behind me and that's why you would hire an agent doing a fisbo which is a for sale by owner it can be a lot more work than you think it is yep so you have the seller's disclosure 
That is another way to market your your property by accurately disclosing information about it. Okay. So, so like the anti catfish. Well, yeah, you're also legally bound to do it. But so seller disclosure, the equivalent to that is just straight up basic communication. Yep. And knowing how to communicate effectively. If we're talking condition, one of the driving forces behind what sells a house, and there's something wrong with it, you disclose that right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Let the person know what they're getting. They can then make the decision. Is this something that I'm okay with and that yeah. I can like take on? All right, well then no problem. I'm glad that we addressed it. And then to the opposite, if there's something you did not disclose that was important, you could get yourself into hot water. Sure. So I think that I always tell sellers to over communicate on this seller's disclosure. Tell more than less. You there there isn't telling too much. I don't know if you agree or disagree. I disagree. I uh, figured you would. I think the phraseology that you use is important. And I'm absolutely for disclosing the truth when it comes to defects with the house. I've had sellers who want to disclose all the documents from 2011 and the termite report from 2004, or there's a radar. And it's like, there's just sometimes you can just overwhelm a buyer with like irrelevant information. I will, but okay. any defects, sure, the seller, if they really want a, cl- a, full, a truly clean break from the seller house after settlement, they should disclose everything. But there's ways to say something like, well, there's a little creak every time I walk a certain way in the hallway. And then someone's going to be like, oh my God, there's massive structural problems. Right. You know? Don't make bigger deals out of things that don't need to be made into a big deal. Exactly. Or if it's not going to be something that's going to be a major issue, but you're going to get somebody to overthink it into being a major issue, it's not worth bringing up. I can retract my statement and say there is such thing as oversharing. Mm-hmm. It, it can be off-putting. There are plenty of people who have experienced an oversharer and it gets to be an info dump. Sometimes you don't want to hear about everything that had happened like 10 years ago. Yeah. Down the line, it can come up and it is good to be prepared with the information if it does come up. The thing that seller's disclosures is that it's also used for, it's not just to say what is wrong with the house. It also goes to say the improvements that were done with the house. Would you have gas or oil or you know, is the septic system been looked at or how old is the HVAC system? I don't want to be talking about looking at septic systems if we're talking about a comparison. Apples That's, apples very here. True. That's very true. That's a good point. <laughs> what improvements did somebody do to themselves? That is totally worth mentioning. When did you do them? Do you have receipts? Therapist receipts? Yeah. Was it a, was it a qualified... Plastic uh, surgery receipts? <laughs> <laughs> was it a total botch job? Yeah. <laughs> did you handyman do it yourself? Yeah, did what you are your credentials? Yourself? You know, yeah. Oh, but like, you know, and what, is that something that should have been done yourself? Sometimes it is, and that's fine. Um, but just to, it's just, you know, disclosure. Mm-hmm. Disclose, disclose, disclose. Um, so if a person is an axe murderer, they should disclose that on the first date. Is that what you're saying? It would have saved me or, a lot or should, of time. Should they, should they just put that on the dating profile? I did just have somebody message me and um, literally in the first message tell me that, oh, and by the way, I'm on house arrest. So, Great. Okay. That's someone with a very open heart and wants to be totally transparent with her. Really appreciated <laughs> the full disclosure. I'm going to pass. Yeah. It answers a lot of questions already. Your place or mine? Well, yours because, well, can't come to mine. <laughs> 
maybe somebody should disclose if they're an axe murderer right off the bat. That's right. If people had disclosed their flaws, I would have saved myself a lot of time in my past. That's right. And there's no skeletons in that closet either. So, so always find the seller's disclosure. To walk you through that. Like, so what I'll do is I'll say, fill out everything you can. And then we get on the phone and we, you know, we, mm-hmm. we just talk about the ones that they can't. Because a lot of people don't know. Don't know it does say to the best of the knowledge. Yeah, some don't even know. Like, do I have electric or gas or, you know, there's, there's, there's just people just don't pay that close attention. We can walk through a house and tell you right away, like, whether you have gas or oil or, or whatever. Right. And so. so that goes into just being able to more accurately market yeah. what you have to offer. We had talked about dating profiles. Was there anything that you wanted? Any more I questions no, that you had about I, how they I, work? I have absolutely no interest in dating apps. I have no interest Honestly, in me either. I really just hope I just see somebody in real life because I hate it there. It, it sucks. It's brutal. It's, I hate it. it. It sounds. It sounds terrible. I haven't. I haven't done it in so many years because that actually goes into this next topic: timing. Okay. We did touch on this with, I guess, the last episode of location, but the timing is everything too. So maybe, and also ties in the inventory. This one's pretty much going to round out everything. When you had said with divorce, like, are they going out like that weekend? to go and like just commit down to something like maybe you just do need more time to be able to spend like on the house and getting it ready or maybe you just need more time qualifying yourself as a buyer maybe you should not be outright the second or like you know so it's like you're okay but if you did just these two things it would bring your credit up just enough to get a more favorable loan program i think it's i think it's fair though to say for buyers um like you can definitely list your house too early so if the market timing isn't right but buyers it's almost impossible to be out too early but i I would say that the timing aspect would be on like buying too buying too early but starting the process of looking at stuff well that's what i'm saying the timing of committing to buy the house versus the timing of getting yourself qualified and prepared to be in the best position yeah. possible to okay. buy the house. That's fair. So to start working on it, it's never too soon. Just like in life, if you're not ready to actually physically commit to something and it's gonna cause you more problems to commit too early, it's never too early to start the process of preparing yourself and getting the work done ahead of time in order to get yourself timed in a good position to actually commit to somebody that is deserving, right? Yeah, I yeah. agree. And then the other thing with timing was more on the seller side of things. If it's just not the right time for you, I would argue what you just said though about like there is such thing as like selling too soon. In this market, there's so much inventory issues that like if you put a house up, it's gonna sell regardless of when you put it up. It could be the week of Christmas and I think it would go under contract. If you're positioned well enough in your life, if you're selling too soon because your kid needs to finish the school year out. Then maybe you, you should wait a little bit more. And then when the time is right, then the inventory will go back onto the market. Does so you, you so you don't think our, our, so we have a couple moving in from out of state. You don't think if they sell their house too early, it's not going to be okay, a bad but move? I don't think that it impacts its ability to sell. No, they're not ready. They shouldn't do it yet. Okay, fine. Yeah, that's what I mean. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So again, no, it'll timing. sell. If a person comes well, back on the market and they really want to like they really want to meet up with somebody, they'll they'll find somebody, right? Right. People just need to make sure that they are positioned in a spot in their life where it makes sense. It makes sense, and that's right. Y- you might get FOMO while you are, say, your buyer. You are like waiting to actually go out to buy because you need to qualify yourself. You are actively qualifying yourself and getting yourself paying off your debts, bringing your credit up, lowering your DTIs 
debt to income ratio, whatever it is that you like you need to be doing to get approved for a loan, you will see your dream houses coming up and then going off market. And you may see everybody else buying their houses and being happy, but that doesn't make you any less of a future purchaser mm-hmm. because you are putting in the work to be able to, to get to get ready. Right. So that's pretty much the list that I had to wrap that up though. What are your thoughts now that I've actually I, I, I have topic? always agreed with this with this parallel. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's it's clever. I think after two episodes we've unpacked it mightily. I think and that we covered a lot of there... relevant real estate topics. Too, I do. I do, nice too. To I, I do, too. I do, too. And for all those uh, single people out there, hang, hang in there. There are a lot of parallels here, obviously. So it's all about marketing. It's all about emotion. It's all about timing. As you said, I can't help you in the dating world, but I can certainly help you in the real estate world. Ah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I can't either. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you guys. All right. Catch you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Millennia. For more information or to connect with us directly, you can always get a hold of us on Instagram at Millennia Podcast, double L, double N, or through each of our pages at Januski Gets It Done or at Ask Seth Anything. Until next time, keep moving up. Later. Thank you.